0: It's time to talk that talk, and we talk it like no one else. This is the Stinkin' Truth. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey, welcome in to Stinking Truth Podcast. I am Mark Schlereth alongside my partner, Mike Evans. Thank you so much for being a part or or making us a part of your day. Make sure you hit that subscribe button at the end of the uh, video uh, we appreciate you all. Thank you so much. Throw the likes in there, the comments in there. I'll get back to you on those comments as well. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm great. Yeah? I feel great. Do you? I feel awesome. Oh, oh, oh I know what this, I this is. I feel great all right? right because I let you, the altruistic nature of me, and I I have to say, <laughs> I'm incredible. I really am incredible <laughs> because I have let you get back into the moneymaker picks Uh, To where you've actually usurped me? I've taken the lead. You've taken the lead, which um, it's unbelievable. Yeah, let's 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 not talk about how magnanimous you are. Okay, Mm. as you have told everybody on this this Thinking Truth podcast, you are a sore loser. But you're no, you're a gracious, you're a good loser, gracious loser, gracious loser, but a dick when it comes to winning. So the fact that you had me down, you were enjoying it, Uh you were tap dancing on my grave. So yeah. enough with this BS that you let me back I, into you, it. I, 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 I'm just kicking your ass. No, what what's happened. Right, what, I'm what kicking your ass. What has happened is this is all part of my master plan. Oh, really? Right. Mm-hmm. To make that glorious head of yours get even more swollen and uh-huh. then you tip over like a Weeblo wobble <laughs> and just boom, right down the ground. Yeah. So, anyhow, we'll, we'll get to the moneymaker picks later. Well, uh, so is, it, is San Francisco and Cincinnati, are they doing the same thing? Are they lulling the yes. rest of the league into yes. a false sense of security? Yes. See what yes. I did there? Nothing to see here, folks. Right? We're just going, like, laying in the weeds. Uh-huh. That's what they're doing right now. And then they're going to attack, just jump out at you. So So which team would you be more concerned about right now, Cincinnati or San Francisco, they meet on Sunday? I'm more concerned about Cincinnati. I'm more concerned about um, the structure of Cincinnati because they they, they are structured based upon their quarterback's ability to not only make plays, and he's a big-time player, there is no question, but when things break down can he extend and can he make plays? And that calf concerns me because I think it's gotten better and you've seen that it's gotten better. You've seen him actually scramble out and make a few plays on the run. Um, and they've got big-time playmakers. That's the way they're constructed. But still, with this said, to this day, they haven't fixed some of the issues they've had up front. They haven't fixed some of the protection issues they've had up front. And, um, and if Joe Burrow can't bail them out of those things – then they're in trouble. Yet, like, listen, um, you've got Chase, you've got T. Higgins, you've got, like, they have got great players on the outside, great players. But I don't care who you are, man, in in any form of football, football is played from the inside out. And you can have all the greatest players on the periphery you want. Like, you can have the greatest receivers and yada, 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 yada. And you got to have a quarterback. But if you can dominate a line of scrimmage on a consistent basis, you're going to win a lot of football games. Even if you don't have superstars outside, you're going to win a lot of football games. And I have much more faith that the San Francisco 49ers, based upon the way they're constructed – and based upon the way their head coach calls plays, have a better chance to impose their will against the opponent than do the Cincinnati Bengals. And so that's where I would have, hey, Monday night notwithstanding, Monday night was one of those games. You walk into a buzzsaw, and I've had a few of those games. I walked into a San Francisco game in 1997. I remember it like it was yesterday. Now, I wasn't even playing because I just had back surgery. But I was getting ready to play, so I made the trip. And I was about a week away from, you know, going back to practice and doing all this stuff. So I made the trip, and it was the night that um, they were retiring Joe Montana's jersey, It was the night that uh, uh, Jerry Rice was making his return from a torn patella tendon. Um, Every celebrity in Northern California was on their sideline. I think Huey Lewis in the news sang the national anthem. Of course. You know, and like the fireworks and the whole nine yards. And this is a December game. And um, you walk out, and and the way it used to walk out, an old candlestick. candlestick, So they had the—I don't know which is the north or south—but you're closer to the bay where locker rooms were and stuff. And it was you had to walk about 25 yards of of swamp area, right? Because it was like below sea level (laughs) it was built, so it was just bubbling swamp. And you walk through it, and they had like plywood that you walked over the plywood, and it was oozing over the top of the plywood. So we walk out and they just had this fireworks and, and I think they had already done the national anthem because back then, I think you walked, you, you left before the national, you didn't have to stand out there for the national anthem. And so, uh, there's all kinds of smoke. The whole stadium is smoky. Like I'm, I walk out and I'm standing there with a, with the O line and the D line. We're about to go out there. And, um, Oliver Stone is standing right next to us, like, kind of just looking, you know. And there's, like, I'm literally, there's celebrities all over the place. And you could feel, like, you could just feel the energy in the air. It was palpable. And I turned to a couple guys, and I go, no, I wasn't playing, but I was like, I do believe we're going to get our ass kicked tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you just knew, right? You just knew. You just walked into a buzzsaw. You're like, you're just going to get your well, ass kicked tonight. All right. But I don't, I'm not so sure that what we're seeing with San Francisco is necessarily just a buzzsaw thing. And I'm going to push back on you because the one thing about Cincinnati is the only issue, and I'm not saying it's insignificant, but the only issue with them is Joe Burrow's health. You know that if he's healthy, he's the answer. Aren't we starting to wonder about Brock Purdy, whether or not Brock Purdy is the answer? No, I'm not. Haven't these last two weeks raised some questions? No, 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 no. What questions? You're missing your number one guy, your number one target, um, an incredible football player in Debo Samuel. And so now all of a sudden, your number one target. The guy, like you think about it, when Debo Samuel's on the football field, based upon he can line up at any position, he can line up in the backfield, run the ball, he can play, you know, F, X, or or Z. Um, He can do all those different things. Um, And plus, you know, you've got to be able to try to take the ball away from him, get him on the ground. He's so good if you get the ball to him in space and all those things. And and now, and Brandon Ayuk has been great. But now all of a sudden, he's got to be the go-to guy. Um, and, and you've had injury to Christian McCaffrey, Her injured is is oblique, even though he played on Monday night. He put the ball on the ground once, not something that you typically see from Christian McCaffrey. Um, and, and I go back to that Cleveland game against a, a, a defense that was dominant in a rainstorm. And you were minus both Christian McCaffrey in that and, and Brock Purdy was also without Debo Samuel, who's out for another couple of weeks with this shoulder fracture. And he led his football t- team all the way down the football field in that rainstorm on that crappy field against that very good defense and gave them a chip shot field goal to which their their kicker shanked. So no, I'm not ready to sit there and go Brock Purdy. They like they figured Brock Purdy out. That's no, they haven't figured Brock Purdy out. He's going to be fine. Cowboys and Rams. Let's uh-huh. get into that game. Dallas coming off their bye. And before that, a gritty win against the Chargers on a Monday night. They're 4-2. Mm-hmm. and two. I think it's a fair time to revisit your belief or non-belief in the Cowboys. You were very vocal on this podcast during the preseason about Dallas. You don't trust them. Right. Where are you at with them now? Six games in, coming off their bye, heading into the meat of their schedule. They're a very talented football team. A very a very unbelievably talented defense. Um, and offensively, I think they've got a ton of talent on the offensive side of the ball as well. But I do think there is still something missing. I think when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, I think when they play a tough opponent, what kind of game are you getting out of Dak Prescott? How is he going to manage the game? And in critical situations, how is he going to thrive? Because honestly... What do you think about when you think about the quarterback position? I'm asking you a question. What What do you think about when you think about the quarterback position? What What do I look for? Well, I mean, just your overall thought. Like, what do if I if I was going to ask you, what do you get paid for to play quarterback? Like, what do we pay you for? What is your responsibility? I I would say it's what What do you What do you bring from the neck up? Okay, what do you bring from the neck up? right specifically like is there anything specifically you look for you know from a from like situationally like what like so uh, the reason i'm getting to this maybe I, I formulated that question poorly which you know is typical of the way i formulate things <laughs> but let me just say this is he a smart quarterback is he making good decisions is 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 the is the offense in rhythm i pay you for third downs okay that's what i pay you All right, for that, that's all right. Okay. So, I had this conversation with with John Elway. He said your guys' job is to produce on first and second down. My job is to convert on third down. Okay. That's your job, right? That in critical situations. Red zone, like the, that's where you're getting paid. You don't get paid but you don't get paid between the 20s, right? right? That's where we get paid. You get paid in the red zone and you get paid between the twenties on third down. Okay. That's where you get paid. I like how you boil right. it down. That's if a that's you, a good if way if to boil you it down. Boil it down. Yeah. Yeah. That's really what you get paid for. Because, hey, listen, let's face it. <clears throat> in the red zone, in the red zone, there's very tight windows that you're throwing in tight windows, and you know, you you're you're limited because you don't have you can't air it out. So you can't, you're not ever afraid of getting beat over the top. Mm-hmm. So you better be deadly accurate and you better be on time with the football. You better, you better have, you better be dialed into red zone football. That's what we pay you for. Red zone and third downs. And in critical situations, in critical moments against good teams, Dak Prescott hasn't played well enough. That's it. Right, I mean, you're a talented yeah. football team, yeah. hey man. When they play a good team, when they play Patsies, other than the Arizona Cardinals, they win. When they play good teams, I expect them to struggle. What have they? Where? Who have they lost to this year? They've lost to Arizona, right? And what? And 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 they got crushed by San Francisco, crushed, forty-two to ten. So, there you go. Now, the good news is for them. The Rams are are struggling as well right now. So they're trying to figure themselves out as well. Well, the good news for the Cowboys, four of their first six games have been on the road. More home-friendly coming up. And, boy, that matters. Dallas has won their past 10 at home. It's the longest active home-winning streak in the NFL. Does it go over from the last year? <laughs> because they haven't played uh, 10, yes, 10 games. They've oh, yes. so it goes from year. So we like to put caveats on things, right? How did they? Did they play a home playoff game? Does that count? It's probably just regular it's, season. It's regular season. Let's throw some more caveats in. This is like math. This is like analytics guy. Well, I don't like the way that stat rolls out. So let me change the parameters of the stat. And then, oh, look at this! It's so I found. I found magic. I found. <laughs> give me a break. I hate that.
1: They oh. are a different team
0: at home, though. Yes. Yes. In, Dak's a different quarterback at right. home. You're 100% okay. right. That's, 20, that's what I was in, going in for. In 2022, they were a different team at home. I don't know yet. There's not a big enough sample of size, Mike. Of those 10 in a row at home, okay, only two have happened this year. Okay. okay. So, they won so eight. they won eight in a row at home last year. Yes, and they won two in a row at home this year. Okay. Is that how you would prefer to look at it? You don't I, like to I cross contaminate. I, huh? I, I don't From like it. One season look at, to the look next. It, look at, If you took my 91 season with the Washington Redskins <laughs> where we started 11 and 0 and then you add it to my 1998 Broncos year mm-hmm. where we started 13 and 0, I essentially started 25, no, 24. 24 and 0. Oh, I didn't win any, I didn't lose any playoff games either. Yeah. If you add the playoffs in both of those, it was four and zero in '91 and three and zero in '98. So that's another seven to my twenty-four, which gives me thirty-one straight wins in my NFL career, which I'm assuming is some type of record. Let's talk more about you okay. How about the game you're going to be calling this week. <laughs> I know you it's love my, it's my favorite subject. I know you love these uh uh-huh. these NFC East games. They bring back Gosh, so many memories. Do they? And do you get they? to go back home this weekend. Uh-huh. You're calling Washington and Philadelphia. Uh-huh. Uh Washington just kind of vomited all over themselves losing at uh-huh. the Giants 14-7. By the way, did you hear Jonathan Allen? He's uh to to paraphrase tired of this crap. Yeah. And uh, I am, I am sick of this shit. Okay, you go ahead. I am like, man, I have done nothing but lose since I got here, and I am sick of this shit. Do you know who I asked to speak with is to the the PR people? Jonathan Allen. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I was denied? Jonathan, Jonathan Allen. Allen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> the they soon like that to go away. Hey, huh? old PR. Well, you know things aren't going really well right now in Washington, and I can, I can, like, I can tell you why, man. Um, they can't get out of their own way on the offensive side of the football. Do you know? I read this, you know, and they send us articles and stuff, and I've, I've watched a bunch of film. I've watched the last couple of weeks, um, and. So anyhow, they, they send us uh, a bunch of art, They send us articles every week. So, you know, every day you get a stack of, of articles to read. Do you know how many sacks Washington has given up if, if this article was correct? Do you know how many sacks? I haven't researched it, but how many sacks Washington has given up on the season right now? So there's six games in, right? Or are they seven games in? Seven. Seven games in. How many sacks would you guess that Washington has given up? Is it on there? Is it on your little sheet there that I gave you? I do not see it. Okay. Well, go ahead. He's been sacked. Uh, Sam Howell has been sacked 40, 40 times. times. Uh, I found in, it. In seven games. Seven games. 40 times. It's almost six sacks per game, Mark. 40 freaking times. Mike, like I was watching the film and I wanted to be sick for Sam Howell. And is there a couple of, uh, of yeah, times? Yeah, because wait a minute. Let me just say this. Normally, whenever you see a, a high sack total, mm-hmm. you say there are a lot of fingerprints on those sacks, that it's not just simply a bad offensive line. Normally, yes. In this I w- case? I would agree with you. <laughs> in this case, they are awful. They cannot pick up a blitz. They cannot snap a game off. Like, it is, it is unreal. They should dress up. For Halloween as vampires, because I ain't never seen so many neck sucking bloodsuckers that don't see anything going on around them. It's like, oh, that's my guy? Here it is, Mike. That's my guy. <laughs> you know, I mean you're right on it. I'm like, God, pull your head out and actually look for the twister. Like, pay attention to the blitzer. Oh, it's it is, it's as bad as it gets. It is, I mean, it is that bad. They can't run it. They can't throw it. They didn't separate from man to man. You know when you play the Giants, Wink Martindale is their defensive coordinator. Wink Martindale blitzed 59% of the time in their game that they lost 14-7 to against a team in the Giants that's setting football back by a decade, two decades. They're that bad. And they couldn't pick up a blitz they couldn't shake loose from man-to-man coverage. They couldn't do anything. As a matter of fact, I think they had 46 total yards in the first half. They had eight drives in the first half. Only one of the eight drives had four or more plays. Um, so they were up seven, they were six or seven, three and outs, and they had maybe two drives that had four plays. They they converted a first down and then went three and out. So But they didn't have a a drive that that constituted more than four plays. Um, Sam Howell, after taking five sacks in the first half, had 15 total yards passing in the first half. I mean, Mike, it is unbelievable. And now you're facing a Philly team. What, whatever the deepest shade of blue collar is, that's exactly yeah. what they are, man. They will bludgeon you, even though they play entirely out of shotgun. Their group up front is big and strong, and they will bludgeon you. And they do a good job of designing plays for their tight ends, for their wide receivers, and getting guys quickly into space with the ball in their hands. Early rematch game, because it was a month ago that these two teams played in Philly. Mm-hmm. Philly... Uh, lost that game, or uh, no, excuse me, Washington, uh, Philly won that game. Overtime. 34-31 in overtime. So with the rematch just a few weeks, a month later, who does that benefit? Does it it benefit Philadelphia in that, okay, Washington got our attention in this game Mm -hmm. and we were lucky to win, or does it favor Washington because some of those struggles aside, they can feel pretty confident about how they played in Philly. Based on the film I've watched of their last two games, uh, they didn't do anything against Atlanta and found a way to win a game because uh, the the Atlanta quarterback um, in in Ritter threw three picks. They had a, I think it was a punt return right like all the way down. Like they had three scoring. They they had was it three or four scoring drives? Three scoring drives, Mike. Three touchdown drives that netted, I believe, ninety total yards of offense in three scoring drives. So, I mean, they like Washington didn't do jack in that game. They came away, they they were fortunate that uh, Atlanta played so poorly. So they didn't do really jack in that game offensively. The game against the Giants was was as bad as I've ever seen. And I would just based on, and and then you go back to Chicago on that Thursday night game. They were horrible in Chicago. So, yeah, there's something, there's something a foot in Washington right now. All it right. stinks. So all you uh, Eagle and Commander fans, get used to this face because uh, you're going to be seeing him on Sunday drawing right. your game. The Battle of New York or the Battle of New Jersey. Giants mm-hmm. and Jets. I, I know the Giants aren't very good, but mm-hmm. they seem to at least have a little bit of heartbeat there. You know, they go up to Buffalo, play right. Buffalo tough, mm-hmm. turn around, mm-hmm. beat Washington. It's this it's there's nothing aesthetically pleasing about the Giants, but they they seem to have some guts, right? Right. Yeah, well, they And still, that counts for something. Yeah, there's no question it does. They 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 still have Barkley. Um Tyrod Taylor started at quarterback, actually played decent against the against Washington. Um I don't know where Daniel Jones is. Um they're probably you know, telling Daniel Jones, Take your time. Take your time. We're not in a hurry to get you back. Just take your time. Are they better with Tyrod Taylor? They are better when they're using their quarterback to extend plays and run. Now, Tyrod is a he's a drop back guy. He's not he's not that guy either. But I think they're better when Daniel Jones is operating as a I'm not gonna call him a run first guy, mm-hmm. but um You know, when they're more balanced with their running game, with their quarterback run game, and then all the play-action stuff that comes off their quarterback run game. So I I would tell you that I think they're better there. Um, But, yeah, I like, like you know what you're going to get out of their defense. Their defense, the defensive line, they've got really good players. Um, And you know the kind of aggressiveness you're going to get from Wink Martindale. But at the end of the day, that dude is bringing heat. He's bringing pressure. And his philosophy on defense is we're going to bring that heat. We're going to bring that pressure. We're going to put you under duress. And we believe that we'll make more plays than you'll make. You may make four big plays on us or five big plays, but we're going to make eight on you. And in the wash, we're going to come out on top. And that's, you know, his philosophical approach. Now, you got to have some, you know, from a complimentary standpoint, you got to have – an offense that can make some plays because otherwise, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. But that's the way he plays. Uh, they'll play hard. But when you look at what the Jets are doing, what the Jets have done defensively, Mike, the Jets are, like, they're big time. They hold down big time opponents offensively. They they crush people. And, you know, that's, that's kind of who they are and, and the way they're built right now and they're still that – Glimmer of hope that Aaron Rodgers is going to knight in shining armor to come, you know, galloping in on his white steed, right? And then he'll be, you know, he'll take off the, 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 uh so what do you call that? The the night, the shining armor, take off the helmet. He'll have the jousting pole, glorious hair, glorious hair, yeah, blowing in the breeze, right? And yeah. he'll just look. But still you're counting, you're basing this on Aaron Rodgers making some kind of miracle return. Zach Wilson, no interceptions in yeah, three of his last better. four starts, seventy percent completion percentage in two of his last three starts. There there's a seems to be a quiet building optimism mm-hmm. that the Jets, uh, especially with some of the weaknesses shown by the Bills and maybe even the Dolphins, that the Jets can still be a playoff team with Zach Wilson. I don't think there's any question. I mean, when you run the ball the way they run the ball, Brees Hall's averaging 6.5 yards per carry. They run the ball. They've got young receivers that I think are really good. And he's being judicious with the football. And, And, you know, bottom line for the Jets, if you're managing that football team and you're managing Zach Wilson, you're just saying, hey, man, We're going to run the ball. We're going to set up some easy one-on-one throws for you, some easy access throws, because you know we're going to get a bunch of single high stuff, right? So we're going to have access to the outside. So uh, the way I always think about it and the way kind of it was always told to me is you get that single high, middle of the field, closed safety, right? means you're getting access one-on-one to the outside. That's basically what it means, right? The, any vertical, whether you're playing cover three or cover one, any vertical release on the outside is man to man becomes man to man. So you're having man to man or access. So if, for instance, if a corner is eight yards off, you can just run a little, you know, a hitch, or you can run a, you know, whatever you want to thunder or whatever you call it, you know, where you drive a guy off and come back at eight and catch the ball. You got access out there, so. Like, you're making it simple the way you run the ball. You're making it simple for your quarterback. And then on top of that, and there's nothing wrong with that, there's nothing wrong with managing a quarterback, a young quarterback, and giving him simple, easy reads and simple throws. On top of all of that, Mike, like, they're going to play great defense. So the bottom line, you say, hey, man, win in down, throw it out of bounds, punt, and let your defense win this game. And that's how they're constructed. And I'm telling you, I'm with Robert Sala. I believe they got a chance to be a playoff team even with Zach Wilson. The way they're the way they're playing right now. And oh, by the way, the way the Bills are scuffling. And let's face it, Miami's They haven't beaten anybody. Right. Of of all their wins, none of them against the teams. What did you you came up with the other I think day? It was eight thirty? Uh, like, something like that? I think that? it was eight. It was Five and five and 25, eight and 25, or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, it was something ridiculous. Deshaun Watson, stop me if you've heard this before. Once again, filing, finding himself embroiled in controversy, uh-huh. although not directly with himself, but with his private quarterback coach, Quincy Avery, who took exception to your Fox Sports cohort, Brady Quinn, who was talking about. Deshaun Watson said, quote, everyone with a medical opinion has cleared Deshaun. The situation is almost similar to a kid getting a $230 million trust fund. You ask them to get a job, and they have no incentive to do it. So this guy Quincy Avery responds, Brady, be real. You don't know what the bleep you're talking about and sit behind a microphone gossiping like a little high school chick. They went back and forth uh, a little bit, and then Brady Quinn dropped this hammer how about we massage this conversation and get it to a happy ending? Does that sound satisfactory? Wow! Now I know you would appreciate a comeback like that. Wow! <laughs> How about we massage this conversation and get it to a happy ending? Wow, that is uh, that's a, is blunt as a spoon. <laughs> I mean, that, that very subtle there. Yes, very subtle. Now I'm finished. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm done. <laughs> was that the old ad with him? <laughs> now I'm done. Uh, first, hey, listen, man, every guy's got a different threshold, different pain pain threshold. And I, I wish I had a dollar for every time a doctor told me I couldn't do any further damage to what I was you know, what I'd already done. And structurally, yeah, you can be cleared to play structurally. Like, yeah, you've got this shoulder, you know, rotator cuff. You know, like, a, a, I, I saw Adam Schefter put something out. Whatever the, the scapular or whatever it is, it's part of your rotator cuff. Um, you know, it's totally inflamed or whatever, and so it doesn't track or groove correctly. So it's very painful and everything else. Um, and yeah, theoretically, you're not doing any further damage to it. But if you're weak and you can't make all the throws, and it's excruciating pain, excruciatingly painful to throw the ball. Like what are you supposed to do? Yeah, you you're cleared to play. You can play. It's just a matter of your ability to tolerate pain, and and it and then on top of that, if if like if you can't drive the ball like from one hash to the sideline on the other side, you can't make those throws. Are you really supposed to? How how functional can your offense be? So with that said, now I've made plenty of mistakes over the course of my career in television where you almost get a green room feel, you know, if they get a little loosey goosey and uh, you say something, you're like, you go to break and you're going, you know, <laughs> I could have probably, <laughs> you know, been a little bit, I, I could have probably approached that with a little bit more scrutiny, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to say I could have massaged my words better there, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and, you know, you, you end up irritating people and pissing people off. And, oh, well, one one thing I try not to do is, is every guy's pain threshold, you got to – I don't care who you are. Like, some guys are tougher than other guys. But if you play in the National Football League, you're tough. There's a toughness level no, you that have to, you, have you have that most be. people don't. And so – um, i'm not going to question uh, the medical clearance dude i've i've had i've had so many things where i mean the things i did to myself and the things doctors allowed me to do essentially and and i love the do- i'm still good friends with the doctors that operated on me and did all those things but man i've i've had surgery on a monday and played on i had a surgery on a sunday night I mean, Sunday night at 11 o'clock at night, I didn't wake up until Monday morning, you know, and check myself out of the hospital and played. The, ne- the next day, not the next week, the next day. Like, you, you do things to yourself that, no, it'd be malpractice in any other profession. Right, right. It, th- there'd be a malpractice right. suit in any other profession. A- anybody else, anybody regular, you're always told, right? Hey, stay off your feet.
1: Right. Rest. And you're like,
0: I feel fine. I feel fine. No. Take it easy. Right. But not with you. Dude, but like literally. But they also I got, knew they couldn't tell you what to do. Well, I got wheeled. I mean, I get literally wheeled out. I woke up in recovery at about one o'clock in the morning. And checked myself out at 11 and drove myself to the stadium. Like you want to talk about malpractice. I'm still drunk on morphine. Feel no pain. Seriously, Feel no pain. Feel no pain. So you got uh, Cleveland. Reporting for duty. A <laughs> little bit drunk, but I'm reporting for duty. I'm ready to play. Cleveland and uh, Seattle, b- a battle of four and two teams. Final, final uh, topic, because we've been experiencing uh. it here in Denver all week, but it's something that every fan in every city around the NFL, you've dealt with it. The idea that the game has gotten too soft and some of these hits that are flagged mm-hmm. that drive people crazy. The latest example here in Denver, Kareem Jackson, hard-hitting safety, been so for a long time. He laid out uh, a Green Bay Packer, got penalized on the spot, ejected on the spot, ended up getting a four-game suspension, and it since has been reduced to, to two. But this is a guy who over the course of the year, season, has been fined a total of about $90,000. Now with the suspension, the money he forfeits brings the grand total to about $390,000. The letter, the language in the letter that was sent to Kareem Jackson, this is from John Runyon, Mm -hmm. uh, NFL VP, discipline, former player, offensive lineman, wrote, On the play in question, you delivered a forceful blow to the head, neck area of a defenseless receiver when you had the time and space to avoid such contact. You could have made contact with your opponent within the rules. And here's the big line, big finish. Yet you chose not to. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you at? Uh, What would be your message to fans who are like, come on, man, these hits, there's nothing wrong with these hits. They're clean hits. Mm -hmm. Why are we legislating against them? Well, I mean, I I think it's more perception than reality, the perception of safety and how much it matters. And the reason, like, why, why are we big into that? Because I'm all about the gladiator nature, right? I love, I love the big hits. I love the, you know, the, the snapping the head back and all that stuff. I think it's great, but It's not where the league is right now. It's what they're trying to clean up. They had to settle a billion-dollar-plus lawsuit on concussion issues. So it really is about the next generation of football players. Do you want to kill the golden goose? So you're basically protecting the next generation. You're, You're telling the mothers that are raising sons that want to play football that, hey, We've got your son. We've got his back. We're doing everything to make this inherently dangerous sport as palatable and as safe as we possibly can. And that's part of it. And John Runyon is right in this. Like, Kareem Jackson went to the shoulder, right? But in going to the shoulder, as that guy tucked down, hit and hit his head. That's on you as a defender. Is it fair? Nope. It's not fair. But it is what it is. And here's what I would say. Target him at the hip. If he squinches down, you're going to hit him in the chest. But you're not going to get up to the head and neck area. And here's a guy that's transitioned during the course of his whole career because he was an outstanding Pro Bowl-type corner when he came in on the outside. And then he became, you know, a nickel guy. And then he transitioned to safety. Changed the way and changed the target that you hit people with. And this gets made worse because week two, he went headhunting against a Washington receiver and, I mean, launched himself up right at the guy's head, and he got ejected from that game. So I don't have – listen, man, I love Kareem Jackson. He's one of my favorite players to watch play. I don't have a lot of sympathy for him because you need to be the guy that adjusts the way that you play. And if you're not willing to do it, then guess what? You're going to be a fan. Because they're not going to allow it anymore. All right. Moneymaker picks. maker picks. Money maker quick. picks. Uh, I get to go first this yes. week. As um, I you, am, by the way, are 11 and 10. I am 10, 10, and 1. I told you. It was going to be the comeback for the ages. It was the one. It was going to be the amazing story. And it's already don't amazing. Get, don't get. I just. Don't, uh, I've been laying in the weeds. Waiting uh, for you to get I'm gonna back. I'm going to take the Colts minus 1 mm-hmm. uh, in their game. Uh, as they are playing. Who do they got? I, just no, I don't, I don't. All right. I got right. Indy minus one. Okay, Indy minus I one. I got the Chargers minus eight and a half. And I got the uh Seahawks uh, minus three and a half. All right. I've got um I've got let me see, who do I have? I've got who did I write there? Oh, the Vikings minus one. I've got Dallas minus nine minus nine and a half. No, no, no yeah, no. Miami. That's Miami. 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 Why'd I put Oh Dolphins D O L. I can't read my own I wrote really fast. All right, Dolphins minus nine and a half, and I've got the Jets over the Giants Jets. minus two and a half. So Whoa. I'm telling you what, there's not going to be one mom safe in the greater New York uh, metro. Oh, tri-state. Tri-state. Sure, I go the whole tri-state. Okay. Cougars, be, beware. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Zach Wilson's on the prowl. Uh, yes, he is. Uh, for everybody involved, <laughs> hey, make sure you subscribe. Hit that button. We appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for making us a part of your weekly uh, viewing habits. We appreciate it. And um, make sure you check out the other podcasts. We've got the uh, leftovers from my Tampa Atlanta game. You can check that out on uh, YouTube as well. And 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 share share our podcast on, on social media. Make sure you re- repost don't, it. Only everything. if you like it. Only if, Even if you don't like it, repost it. Okay, repost it, but don't... No criti- such thing as bad publicity. Okay, all right. If you love it, tell everybody. If you hate it, don't tell anybody you hate it, but continue to post it for us. <laughs> right? That's right. We're trying to grow it. We're Come right. on, let's guys. Go. You're a big help, part of it. Help, help, help us. Help a brother out. Help us grow. Yeah. Right. Uh, thank you, guys. We appreciate you. We'll be back with you uh, to wrap it all up uh, and uh, wrap up week. Uh, what are we in? Week eight? Week eight already. Flying. Week eight uh, on Monday. Thank you. Take care.